breaching the fault lines of today. Welcome to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. Welcome back to another episode this week of Reform This on the Blaze Podcast Network. It's always an honor to be with all of you. Thank you for joining me on this program, Reform This. I talk to you about the areas that matter regarding freedom, liberty, and the protection and security of America against many threats, but most significantly I cover the threat of radical Islam. And as an American Muslim patriot who believes in my country first, who believes in the need for Muslims to lead reform, that radical Islam is the problem, and a modern Islam is the solution for radical Islam, that ultimately the only way to defeat this is through reform, through modernity, through the separation of mosque and state. And every week I find things that the media should be covering, the legacy media ignores or racializes or infantilizes Muslims and ignores the areas that we should be covering. And sad enough, sadly enough, our country was hit with another act of Islamist terror this week. Another heinous act of Islamist terror committed by a radical Islamist, a radical Syrian immigrant who came here at the age of four, grew up in a small town in Colorado, and we're going to talk about the entire case. But you wouldn't know this if you followed mainstream media. Actually, for a day or so, you didn't even pick up the name. First few hours, actually. As many online called them the race-baiting blue checks, immediately assumed that the boulder shooter was white. And... We'll get to the bizarre details of that in a second. But they assumed, obviously, he was a Anglo-Saxon white, a radical white supremacist. And then all of a sudden, when his name was released, they said, Oh my gosh, he's not white, he's Middle Eastern. Well, he's from Syria. Arabs do have differences in their tone and other things, but the bottom line is is there's no box for Arabic. Uh, the Islamists... And the Arab lobby, led by Jim Zogby at the Arab American Institute, are trying to make Arabs into a minority. We've never been a minority as far as race is concerned. And uh, no different than the uh, Jewish tradition and lineage, we are Semites. And then you look at the other blue checks. The Islamist who used to work for Georgetown's Bridges Initiative and then now is working for the far-left Times International. C.J. Whirlman said, The suspected gunman in Boulder, Colorado, shooting is a white guy. Seven reported dead. And then he said, Q, mental issues, bad day, parking dispute, or anything else wider than what he most likely is, a white domestic terrorist. Oh, Idiot, the woke idiot of the day, as I tweeted on that day. Dylan Park said, A white man walked into a grocery store in Boulder, killed 10 people, and was apprehended by the police, and walked out of the building completely unharmed right down to the road. Police killed Elijah McClain while he apologized for not doing anything wrong. Two different Americas. Tay Anderson talked about Aurora, Colorado, 
Charleston, South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, and then Boulder, Colorado, 10 dead, saying they're all the same. Qasem Rashid, an Islamist who ran for election in Virginia, said Tamir Rice was a 12-year-old black child. Police shot him in 1.7 seconds and let him suffer in agonizing pain for four minutes and die. Colorado terrorist is a grown white man who killed 10 people, including a cop. Cops arrested him alive and helped him to a stretcher for immediate medical care. Different standards. Oh, Qasem. It was a Muslim. The Muslim was treated well. So well, nobody knew he was Muslim when their initial information was released. So well, they held his name for 24 to 48 hours. So well... No different than Omar Mateen, the radical monster who injured over 50 people at a nightclub in Orlando, called in 911 because he wanted to make it known what he's doing, saying that he was, he was loyal to ISIS. And even with that, it took an act of Congress for days before America knew what he said on that 911 call. Because they were protecting Muslims, infantilizing us and protecting us from the backlash that might come if Americans knew it was Muslim. So tell me where are the double standards? Tell me that there's no hypocrisy involved in the way that we deal it. And by the way, it goes beyond simply identifying the race. You can't treat a global problem that is on our shores, that is infiltrating our youth, young adults, and weaponizing individuals that might have mental disorders, might have other issues, but the bottom line, the primary issue is ideological. And you can't treat that if you can't even talk about it, can't even diagnose it. And by the way, it's used as a bludgeon against the other party, whatever it might be, in a partisan contest of race baiting. Shame on Qasem Rashid. Shame on anyone who... I mean, at the bottom line is, as you look at this for the first day, that everybody then said, oh my God, we should have waited. They should have waited till they had more information because he wasn't white. Well, <laughs> you ignoramuses, he, he was white, actually. He's Arabic, but he's white. I'm from Syria, just like this militant monster. Elisa is his name. I always check the white box. I have since I was knowing how to fill in a, 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 a bubble on a form. Then the news reports started coming out. Boulder shooting suspect Ahmed Al-Isa. Al-Alawi Al-Isa. Short-tempered, violent former teammates say. And then we started to get stories about how he seemed psychotic. And I have to tell you, as you look at these stories... It is horrific, ladies and gentlemen, where the United States has come. We are almost 20 years post 9-11. And our media is back. Forget 9-10-01. We are back in the 50s when it comes to dealing with political Islam now. And, and a lot of it has gotten worse because of the politics, not of the Trump administration in the last four years, but because actually of the last few months. What do I mean by that? 
because the left has gotten now completely obsessed with manipulating in every way possible the, the idiotic rally that happened on January 6th that resulted in a, a storming of the Capitol by a bunch of crazy nutcases with QAnon and Proud Boys and other radical groups that, yes, need to be dismantled, yes, need to be arrested and taken to justice and trial and convicted if they're guilty. But now the comparisons you had quickly calls for racialization that this guy, Elisa, was white, that he was a terrorist. And now I'm going to show you later press releases from major Muslim organizations say never in any circumstances say that this guy, Elisa, was a terrorist. That's not the narrative. He was psychiatrically ill. He was etc. I mean, my head is spinning with the propaganda that's coming out. You can't believe anything anymore. The truth is gone. As many scholars and, and others have said before, truth is the first victim of war and we are at war with radical Islam, and we are descending into a cultural war here in America. And that cultural war is going to usurp us, not only in obsession, but from greater global conflicts. Number one, with radical Islam. Number two, with China. It is absolutely bizarre to me. Look at the facts in this case. And... 21-year-old Arvada man arrested, Arvada, Colorado, arrested in last Monday's shooting at a Boulder King Supers, was violent, short-tempered, and paranoid during high school, as former classmates said Tuesday. Ahmed Al-Isa suspected of killing 10 people at the grocery store Monday when he walked in around 2.30 and began shooting, according to law enforcement. He was taken into custody about an hour later and was shot in the leg during the incident. Elisa, it's interesting how they spell his name, A-L-I-S-S-A, so it looks like Alisa, but it should be A-L-Isa. Isa is a very Arabic name for Jesus. Muslims use it as a can you, can, last name. Isa can be Jewish, I'm sorry, can be Christian or Muslim, related to a very Arabic name. He was hospitalized for the treatment and suspected to be transported to Boulder, Colorado, Boulder County Jail to face 10 counts of first-degree murder. He was kind of scary to be around, said Dayton Marble, who graduated from Arvada West High School in 2018 and was on the wrestling team with Elisa. Elisa once had an outburst and threatened to kill people during an interim intra-team match, Marvel said. Now, it's interesting. Folks, even as brilliant as Andy McCarthy said, you know, this guy really didn't seem like a Sharia supremacist. Yes, he was mired in a lot of the ideology. I would tell you, well, the Boston bombers, were they mired in Islamism and Sharia uh, intellectual thought of leading it? But they became soldiers. They were boxing, wanted to be in the Olympics, all that kind of stuff. And the bottom line is, is they were fed into the train of thought that America was the enemy and that, they, Amer- that America was anti-Muslim and trying to destroy the religion of Islam, so quickly they became soldiers. I'm talking about the Tsarnaya brothers. To go back to Elisa, reports early on said his senior year during the wrestle-offs to see who would make varsity, he actually lost his match, quit the team, and yelled out in the wrestling room that he was likely going to kill everybody. Nobody believed him. 
We were just all kind of freaked out, said one of the students. Said they didn't like spending time with El Isa. He was not close to anyone. He was a loner. Another teammate, Angel Hernandez, who lives in Arvada and graduated from Arvada West in 19, 2019, said Elisa got into a fight in the parking lot after the match. Hernandez said Elisa uh, appeared to be paranoid frequently, perceived slights against him, and said often concerned about being targeted because of his Muslim faith. He would talk about him being Muslim and how if anybody tried anything, he would file a hate crime. Well, that's interesting. That made the news. Now the news was trying there to connect his complaints as being paranoid. And later we find out that, by the way, he was on the radar again, again, and again. We learn that many of these individuals are not unknown lone wolves, but they are known wolves. And this guy is, again, the same. In 2018, he was arrested and then released. He was always talking about how people were looking at him. He attacked a classmate, according to an affidavit filed in the case in 2017. He punched him in the head without warning, and he continued to punch him after he fell. And there was no supposed reason for that to happen, other than the fact that he said he was provoked. He was thought to be a bully. And then Hernandez said, the sad thing is if you really get to know him, he was a good guy. Whenever you went up to him, he was always so joyful and so nice. I'll remind all of you, they had similar quotes for months coming out about the 9-11 hijackers. People that met them in Florida and Arizona and all over the place that these 19 guys came from. Is this really changed the fact that whether they were ideologically driven or not? Let's look at their social media to really know what was going on in their mind. Start with the environment. How many times? Omar Mateen, the Sarnayev brothers, we asked, what is the environment that they hung around? Parents' ideologies and others. Very relevant. Remember the San Bernardino shooters, husband and wife. What were their postings? And quickly it found that they were connected to Jamaat Islamiyah type Diobandi Islamists out of Pakistan, Afghanistan, and elsewhere. Elisa's father, Mustafa Elisa, posted on Facebook April 7, 2020. Turkey and its government advocates the vulner advocates the vulnerable and takes their hand and applies the slogan of the Islamic brothers. So for the sake of Allah and its enemies, all of them, the first of them Arab rulers, for the sake of Satan, and I do not think the soldiers of Satan will win. So pro-Erdogan, pro-Islamist anti-American, anti-Israel, showing a cartoon that's showing the dog, the, the vicious dog of Turkey being stabbed in the knives in the back by America, Israel, Britain, France, and the secular governments. Another post, he said, I swear to God that whatever unites Bashar Assad, Putin, and Trump in killing the Syrian people is not a god in anything. He is more hypocritical than the hypocrite and more misleading than any stray of Bashar al-Assad, Putin, and Trump, and impugn wicked demons in the grip of Allah. And he goes on, the criminality of them all. 
Mustafa al-Isa, the shooters, the terrorists' father. Al-Isa posts in June 6, 2019, women are the ones who make men crazy, and rarely a woman like her, with a photo. And then, regarding Trump, March 22, 2019, the father said, Israel is the governor of America. Trump is a Zionist work, and the agent will be volunteered for his masters. And I tell Trump, he tells Trump that you don't have the Golan to give to Israel. Do whatever you want. The Golan will return against your nose. I mean, are you telling me that this guy's father, who's spewing out stuff that Al-Qaeda and ISIS would be proud of, had no role, that that ideology didn't radicalize him at all? There's no evidence that the the son was estranged from his father, that he had public testimony that his father was a nutcase. They said he was paranoid. And by the way, who knows, maybe he was interviewed by the FBI and started to talk about paranoia, things that other people thought were paranoid, and he he couldn't tell people that. Now let's look at Elisa himself. Elisa himself had Facebook posts that said Trump inherited a growing economy and the unemployment rate was the low was low. The economy was on an upward spiral. He won because of racism. Quoting the intercept. The Muslims at the Christchurch Mosque, remember that was the massacre against Muslims in New Zealand by a white supremacist, were not the victims of a single shooter. They were the victims of the entire Islamophobia industry that vilified them. Interesting. This is a guy that clearly saw the entire machinery in the West as being anti-Islam. Not unique and not completely that rare for radicals and then he has other expletives with which to describe Trump and praise for Erdogan so I'm not exactly sure what's going on in the last few months but even the even the right now has become so shy about talking about ideology you will not find uh, I, I did a, a couple interviews on Newsmax uh, uh, more power to them for covering it uh, but uh, Fox News I didn't see any significant coverage of the radicalism of the Islamist connections they may say that they're waiting for more information to come out but what I just went through with you my gosh that's not enough and, and by the way, if, if, if this guy is a byproduct of the fear-mongering and victim-mongering of, of Islamist groups like the Council on American Islamic Relations and others, uh, why can we not talk about it? Why can we not talk about how nonviolent Islamist groups like the Council on American Islamic Relations and the Islamic Society of North America, why can we not talk about how those groups have... A, a significant initial radicalization role in Muslims and teaching them separatism and teaching them how they're, they're an insurgency in this country and that ultimately they, and we've talked about it in, in Europe with France and Austria, 
that how they're seeing Macron has talked about the need to fight the separatism of political Islam and how they have a consciousness in their mind that separates them from being French, separates them from being Austrian or German. And the leaders in Europe are getting together and talking about it openly after they had the beheading of Samuel Paty, after they had the attack in November and October just a few months ago in Austria and France. These are important, very important developments And now we have the attack in Colorado, a terror attack of a radical Islamist. We can try to dance on the head of a pin, whether he was a Sharia supremacist or whether he was simply a guy who had some violent tendencies within him and was driven down the path of hating America, hating the West by his allegiance to the ideas pushed by the left. Whatever might exist as far as the movements on the left that drive a self-hate of America and, and a despise of the institutions and they want to tear it down, destroy the buildings, destroy businesses, destroy the icons of civilization that were faulty characters but yet produced a constitution that still reigns as one of the best, the best democracy on the planet. Yes, we've been fixing it. Yes, we continue to learn about the injustices that have existed from the time of the Civil War in which half a million people paid dearly for the fight to end slavery. And then through our civil rights movement in the 20th century, and we continue to learn year to year about the changes we need to make in institutional bias and yes some racism that exists but that does not mean we burn the whole place down that does not mean we hate our flag and we hate who we are as americans and that does not mean that we apologize for political islamists and ignore what they are when we have a global fight this is beyond a one-off event How many times, this is like the movie Groundhog Day every day. How many times do we wake up and hear about a terrorist event from Chattanooga to San Bernardino to Boston to Fort Hood, on and on, 20, 30, 30 attacks. This is so, so different, so different than what's happening in America just in the last few months. Yes, from a domestic standpoint, I can see the resources of the FBI, Department of Justice, and others are overwhelmed by trying to get everything right on what happened on January 6th, and they see this as a major issue. But if you compare the militancy and the volume and bandwidth of what's happening with QAnon and the Proud Boys and others to what's happening globally with the ideology of political Islam, with massive republics, run with massive militaries, including the Turkish military run by Erdogan, the Islamist supremacist, the Iranian military run by the Khomeinis, who are terror, who is the world's greatest terror machine on the planet that produces Hezbollah, the Houthis, and others. And then you go to the Sunni side, and you have Qatar and Erdogan. You have the, the Islamists radicalized by Imam Qardawi, the Jamaat Islamiyah out of Pakistan, an Islamic Republic of Pakistan that's a Sharia factory of radicalism, the Taliban out of Afghanistan, on and on. You're telling me that the bandwidth, that all of these tens, if not hundreds of millions of Islamists, not a majority of Muslims, but getting close. And if you have 1.7 or so billion Muslims, let's say 30, 40% of them, you're talking about over 500 million. And now we're going to compare that to the threat in America of the Proud Boys and ignore 
Not even compare it. The comparison isn't even worth discussing at such different times in history and different times, and yet we are completely ignoring political Islam now as a threat and the Al-Isas of the world as simply pathological byproducts of a deep, deep, large iceberg that has been hitting us repeatedly on this ship in America before 9-11, since 1979, actually. And yet, we're deaf, dumb, and stupid. We continue to keep our eyes and ears closed, and we don't want to read about Islamist Sharia supremacism and the, and the imams and the men with long beards and what they are trying to do to our children both Muslim and non-Muslim. President Biden had his first press for the longest time without one of any first president, first-term president, and never once talked about Colorado and is using it actually for more imposition as the left does on gun control. Gun control. That's the problem. It's the gun, not the guy and the radicalism and the hate for America that was imbued into him by his father, by his family, by his environment, and by the political movements that he wrapped himself into. As David Harsani said at The Federalist, if the shooter is a white supremacist, the event is an indictment of all white people in America. But if the shooter is an Islamist, it's a completely individual act that has nothing to do with the ideology. Perfectly said. He tweeted that out. And now the clinic, the last clinic I want to leave you with. The last clinic is what the head of this company called Sound Vision, Imam Abdul Majid, Imam Abdul Malik Mujahid, Imam Abdul Malik Mujahid, the head of a company called Sound Vision that produces. Islamist literature with the help and pleasure of many Islamic regimes across the planet comes out of Chicago. Now, again, I'm not citing any funding that might come from that, but all I can tell you is that he has a classic apologetic on jihad that he wrote a forward for, endorsed, and announced his pride in transmitting to the world the leading jurist in Medina about the triumphant triumphant, and triumphalist jihad that Muslims need to understand the theology of and the beauty of jihad, not from a nonviolent perspective. No, this is not, not even a close apologetic of nonviolent jihad. It is about when to fight and when not to, etc. Take a look at it. It's in my Twitter feed at Dr. Zudi Jasser. So this guy ran, was chair of the the board that organized the Parliament of World Religions in Salt Lake City. And we, at the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, back four or five years ago when this happened, I think it's 2016 or so, sent our head of community engagement, the community outreach, Courtney Lonergan, to demand that he have non-hijabi, non-fundamentalist, non-Islamists represented in the Muslim community. Now, the kingdoms 
interfaith propaganda operation was funding half of it. And obviously he was very close to them. So now this guy, what does he put out within two days? Last week, within a day or two of the terror attack in Colorado. He says, there's been extremely sad week in America. Seven mass shootings have been taking place in seven days. Our deepest sympathies are with the victims. This is Mujahid, by the way. Guy who's connected to ISNA as a leader. Parliament of World Religions. Very connected to CARE and all these groups as part of their joint Islamist operations. Ideologically speaking, that is. And he combined all these seven events. I'm not even going to run through them. Many of them were not on your radar because they were simply, you know, for a guy whose organization runs in Chicago, the death toll in Chicago every week is horrific, as many of you know, that pay attention to relevant statistics and how it's been going up significantly in areas where gun control exists significantly, if you want to talk about gun control. But bottom line is, is now, as the Colorado terror attack occurs by the Islamist Al-Isa, he started in this email. So he sends an email to all of the contacts at Sound Vision. Simply Sound Vision is they publish Islamic writings for kids, for, for educational things, for mosques and, and a lot of the faith community from all over the world through their publishing house. Boy, if only we had the funds to do that in the reform community. What a difference we could make, huh? He then said, he asked people in his email, take action to pass on gun reform legislation. El-Isa's brother, Ali El-Isa, said that his brother has mental health issues and became antisocial after being bullied at his high school for racial reasons. So he's pushing out a narrative within 48 hours that this guy's a byproduct of being bullied because he was Muslim. So it's the whites, it's the Americans that are to blame. Action items, he said, for the media. We are in touch with a spokesperson from the Muslim community in Colorado. If you are interested in speaking to them, please email us. Contact your senators to pass stricter gun control measures. Passed by the House early this month. In Atlanta, Georgia shootings last week, as well as the one in Boulder, he combined the two as if somehow they're related. As did much of the legacy media, by the way. Easy access to guns played a role in aiding and abetting those struggling with addiction and mental illness. Also ask that more funds be allocated toward mental health resources in your community. Do not, here it is, ready? Here's the money quote, folks. Do not allow your mosque, and it's in bold, to issue yet another statement condemning terrorism. This is not terrorism. Oh, for the love of God. God help us. This is not terrorism. These same guys, right when it happened, were calling it white supremacist terrorism. They, they don't even, their, their own definition of terms changes on an hourly basis. It's horrifically embarrassing for anyone who has, has any type of education, let alone someone like this who supposedly has graduate educations in Islamic teaching or whatever it is his publishing house does. And then he goes through some talking points that they stand for justice. And that he said, quote, media outlets are trying to link the Boulder killings to how foreign Al-Isa is. But he's lived in America most of his life. Point out how this was not discussed at the time when it became, when it came to the white man in custody in Atlanta. 
And then he said, thinking points, gives four of them. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the agenda of the Islamists and how they exploit every attack in America, not to make us safer, but to advance their own propaganda globally. Number one, rising extremism domestically. Number two, thriving hate. This is what the Islamists want to teach. They're talking points, thinking points. Easy access to guns, number three. And number four, mental health crises. I, I can't tell you how inf- I can't tell you how infuriated I am that Muslim leadership, the establishment speaking on our behalf, thinks that the four priorities American Muslims should care about are rising extremism from domestic hate groups, number two, thriving hate, easy access to guns and mental health issues. Now, if you're a psychiatrist and you happen to be Muslim, sure, that's an important thing. If, or I, as a physician, have always said we need much more resources for the psychiatrically ill, very underserved community. There's no doubt there are some things here that ring of some truth. But for Muslims, the things we can fix include reform against the things like the jihadi paper that this guy wrote with the Saudi leading jurist of the apologetic of the glory of jihad. He doesn't cover that, does he, in his press release from Sound Vision by Abdul Malik Mujahid. Remember that name, Abdul Malik Mujahid, the Islamist apologist that led the way for care, for ISNA and other groups to show their spots when it comes to exactly what it is, their agenda, and how much they're ignoring the fact. I wrote a piece for... Georgetown Center Religious Liberty about the cauldron that brewed ISIS. And I'll remind you, as I've talked to you about it many times in this program, there's no doubt that the radicalization of ISIS is not only the core ideology, but also the Essadist totalitarian tyranny of chemical weapons and, and marginalization of communities and ethnic genocide that was done against the Sunnis and Arabs by Bashar Assad working with the Khomeinists in a sectarian battle. So yes, there are many aspects that fueled, that lit the gas of Wahhabi Islamism, of Salafi jihadism that was and is ISIS. Yes, so there's no doubt that, that just like the Sarnaev brothers and Omar Mateen and Orlando and... and, and uh, Nidal Hassan in Fort Hood and so many others. There's no doubt that their ideas and their psychiatric illness were combustible combinations. But you cannot ignore the ideas and also our moral obligation as Muslims to fight these things. So I think this week with the Colorado terror, we learn again the bludgeon of race cannot be applied across every single incident that happens. Knock it off. There's a global con- conflict slowly increasing with slow upticks that have been ignored. The left also has begun, and I'll, I'll put a marker here and talk to you about it in another program, but they're starting to unravel the Abraham Accords. One of the reasons we're starting to see a shift by the Islamists to Kashmir and no longer caring about the Palestinian radicals is because with the Abraham Accords and the diplomacy and opening up and normalization of relations of Israel with the Emirates, with Bahrain, with Morocco, 
with Sudan and others, the the tool of the Palestinian conflict to create anti-Semitism and, and the theological underpinnings now that are growing in a recognition and respect of Israel cannot be ignored and is taking away and now they're trying to find some other victimization and they're in hyper mode here in America to try to divert and deflect and have all of you not pay attention to the reality that is radical Islam. But, meantime, President Biden gets a pass. No tough questions at his presser. Uh, You have tons of folks fired from the Homeland Security Advisory Council. And they say there's no plan exactly clear on how that's going to be filled. And now we see the Abraham, Abraham Accords being torpedoed, as discussed in the Free Beacon. We don't know where that's going. We see Iran getting already payments in the billions already. We see Iran making deals with China for 25 years and tens of billions of dollars. Not 400 billion, I think. Some have said, oh, that's just sort of, that's never going to happen. It's too long. How can they think that far ahead? Bottom line is, is at, this was not happening under Trump. What's the difference? Iran sees some light to be able to bolster their global terror operations and radicalize our kids, radicalize our communities against our own. And meanwhile, the Islamists are laughing as they find it so easy with the media having a complete block, a complete obstacle to discussion of what really happened in Colorado. It's to our own demise, folks, and we need to pay attention to the realities, the truth, and no longer deny it. Come on, get us off this hamster wheel that we've been on now for almost 20 years. Please, begin to talk at your schools, at your governmental representatives, at your media, at your churches and synagogues and mosques about the reality and temples and the need to change, the need to discuss the realities of political Islam. As always, thanks for being with me. It's always great to be with you. Our podcast, Reform This, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Zudi Jasser, D-R-Z-U-H-D-I-J-A-S-S-E-R, and also at Reform This Radio on Twitter. And always, always an honor to be with you, and we'll see you soon. Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network.